Hi everyone, this is Lauren George and Kia and this is Fit and Fierce on the Mic, a podcast dedicated to helping you improve your fitness, refine your teaching and coaching technique, and to help you grow your fitness business. On this podcast, you'll get expert knowledge, advice, and tangible tips from leading fitness experts across the country. Our goal is to help you be fit, fierce, and the best fitness professional you can be. On today's episode of Fit and Fierce on the Mic, we are joined by Lawrence Biscontini to discuss the importance of community despite physically distancing. Lawrence will share his tips for physically distancing while still staying socially and spiritually connected. Lawrence is one of the most dynamic, encouraging, and innovative educators in our industry. He has made fitness history as a mindful movement specialist, winning awards from ACE, IDEA, Inner IDEA, Canfrit Pro, and ECA. That's a lot. Lawrence is an SCW faculty member, an industry author, presenter, keynoter, and course development specialist for various companies, serving on the advisory board for the ICAA and Power Music, plus people of ISPA. Lawrence is an RYT 500 certified yoga instructor and teaches with multiple certification companies. We are beyond thrilled and honored to have Lawrence on Fit and Fierce on the mic with us today. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Kia and Lawrence. Hi, Lawrence. How are you? Grateful, jazzed, beyond belief that you said that you wanted to talk to me and have some people listen in. Absolutely. You are a crowd pleaser and a crowd fave so we just had to make this happen for our for our listeners otherwise I think they would have beat down our individual doors and, and forced us to sit in front of the mic to make sure okay, that we you're featured. so kind thank you <laughs> I think this is the real big deal this is a big deal Lauren and Kia asking me to spend some time with you with a microphone how nice <laughs> fit and fierce on the mic Well, Lawrence, we've introduced to our listeners the premise or the purpose of this episode because many. I'm so sorry they had to listen to all that. (laughs) (laughs) Many things transpired as of late in our industry, but also in in various countries and just you know globally around the world. Really, it is our due diligence. (laughs) To be sure that we we provide uplifting messages, tips, and advice to to keep our listeners going, to keep the fitness industry thriving and doing great work and making people feel good the best that we can, okay? So on this episode with Fit and Fierce on the Mic, we want to talk to you, the expert in the field and the expert on this topic in particular about building community while physically distancing. Now, Lawrence, you right. taught me, you you sort of gotten me to stop saying the phrase social distancing. Why is that? Why did why is that so important to you that we say physical distancing as opposed to social? First of all, you're so kind to credit me. I'm not sure I'm the one who came up with this. I just remember that when certain political leaders of certain countries started saying we need to social distance, I'm thinking I'm already at home and I'm already depressed. I need social connection. And if I need to stay away from people physically, that's not about my rights. That's about my responsibility. It's a no-brainer, just like wearing a mask, right? If you choose not to wear a mask, that's also wearing a mask, but a deeper metaphorical one. We are, at a time, needing to call things what they are. We physical distance out of physical necessity, but we are more spiritually and socially connected more than ever Because even if we didn't take stock in Zoom, there isn't a person I think who hasn't heard of Zoom in the fitness community because we are social connectors. Fitness works when we are socially connected. So then why do we say, let's socially distance ourselves from each other? What? We are building community. You and I have never been as close as we have been in the last six months, right, Kia? We've collaborated. (laughs) We've done some stuff. We have conversations. We have WhatsApp group. We have bitch sessions. We have what some might call gossip sessions or what do you think about this uh, sessions back and forth on our, on our WhatsApp. And that's because we are really socially connected. 
we're physically distanced. You've gone through a move. You're on the other side of the United States or the other side of the globe. That's physical distance. So let's just call ourselves physical distancers until we get to a place where we don't need to do that anymore. It's just calling things what they are, the inking of our thinking. Absolutely. And this is exactly why we needed you on this episode, talking to our listeners, because that message right there alone is what we all need to hear. Because we, at least I, and the people I have the pleasure of working with, and maybe even mentoring, we try to be mindful of the words that we let or allow to leave our lips, because they land harder than maybe the intent of what's in our heart. So I, it's kind of tongue in cheek. It's a, a Southern thing. We say, charge it to my head, not to my heart, as if that's not what I meant for my heart. It, it was a faux pas or a flub. But it, I find it as my social responsibility to do my diligence, to really be kind and gentle with my words. Because right now the community needs way more uplifting than we do mixed messages and not calling things what it is. Like, don't give me the runaround. Don't have me guessing or left in the balance. Like, just call it what it is. You know, we're all tired of overthinking things. So, Lawrence, with that said, can you please define community? In your words, what is community and the importance of community in our profession? I believe we have community that is conscious and community that is unconscious. And I'll start with the definition of what I call unconscious community. And it is the fact that we are all sentient beings. Whether we know each other or we're unaware of each other, we have a global sentient being community. We are more alike and similar than different. So that's our community. Like, I want to build community, or I don't really have a community, or I don't have a social media following, or all the ways we could justify or microscope that, I'm not really going to go into. I think the world is our community. Now, what is our known community? The people who will be gravitating towards the Kia flame, or the Lawrence flame, or the the Lauren flame, because of what they do and who they are. And our ego is such, and needs to be such, that there are so many candles and so many moths that the right moss will go to the right flames if we learn how to, as Yuri Rocket says, trust in trust. So we don't have to be one thing to everyone. We are true to our inner voice and our community will come based on trust. The right people will find us and we will find the right people, the people who need to hear our message. We will hear other people's message, bearing in mind that regardless of this social media group or this following or this approach to ballet or body bar, for example, is different from this company. The big umbrella is we're all humans. We all smile in the same language. We've come into the world on an inhale and we'll leave our world on an exhale. And we are community on that level. The huge, important spiritual, if you will, spiritual meaning spiritos from the Greco-Latin derivation that means to be alive. You have spirit. You inspire means to inhale, to inspiration. And I'm, I just want to finish one more thing about community. My long answer, what is community? The short answer is just to be alive, to be a sentient being. Kia, I also use this word. I started during COVID about February, a little visionary maybe before COVID started with, with my mastermind group that our job is to build community and our job is to build a tribe. And then some people thought, well, a tribe sounds a little North American, Indian, and it sounds maybe we're using some words that we shouldn't based on the history of the North American Indian. I use the word trimunity, a tribe, the people who know our work and the people who come to what we do and sort of buy in emotionally, physically, spiritually, and yes, financially into our goods and services like all the wonderful stuff you offer online and the movement experiences you create. And then all the things that you offer like this that are podcasts for enriching and lifting up our hearts at no charge. I believe that when people buy into that, we build a tribe and we support our global human earth community. So I like to use the word trimunity. It's a tribe and it is a community and it transcends just one of those words. Oh, I like that so much. I feel like you are preaching to us, like messages that we've been needing to hear. Lawrence, tell us, why is this so important to you've explained to the fitness industry, but particularly how important is community to the people you serve and outreach to? Community is everything because I don't want to speak to just Biscuit, my faithful traveling 
Italian Greyhound <laughs> companion. Community <laughs> means sharing spirit. Right. I want to know that I've been put on this planet to spread love. I just saw an Instagram post this morning of someone who just got married and he said, our sole purpose is to be happy. And I said, yes, and because I don't like to start with butt at all, bees buzz and goats butt, but yes, and spread love in so doing, right? Because it could be very hedonistic and self-serving to look in a mirror and say, I talk to myself and I'm happy and I'm here achieving my purpose. Eh, I'm not so sure. I think we're all given talents and we need to build those talents. And that's not done unless through community. And that means sharing our spirit of who we really are. And while many people say our spirit lives in our body, I believe much more that our body lives in our spirit. And our spirit is much bigger, was before us, physical body, and will be on after us. Because you teach people just one thing, and something's bound to linger beyond our physical body, right? And therefore, I believe that community is our essence, spreading love, teach only love, A Course in Miracles says, because that is what we are. Sure, it's our goal is to be happy. And maybe on my wedding day, I, my goal should be happy and bless his post. And then through your marriage, building trimunity and building the greater good of each other, spreading love and spreading yeah. some kind of community in your family of choice, for example. We lift each other up in community because I know that self-loathing and isolation never helped anyone wake up, have coffee, and conquer the world, right? Because right. we have to spread positive messages to each other, and that doesn't happen alone. You don't wake up and say, I'm pretty suicidal after the third month of COVID or my retreat or the fourth or the fifth or the sixth month of my global pandemic, and I'm really disappointed. So I'm going to look at myself in the mirror and turn everything around by just making the sides of my mouth turn up. Nah, it doesn't happen that way. You got to have a community, and those are the people that bring you up when you might not be feeling that. Just like a best friend is a friend who remembers the words in your heart. And when you forget them, can sing back those lyrics. That's yeah. a best friend. Community oh are the people yeah. who give us what we need and remind us that our spirit, right, is yeah. bigger than our body. Oh, beautiful words. I love that so much. Lauren, since you've been around in the industry watching it ever evolve, being a part of spearheading a lot of the evolution of what we know as fitness service providing, as wellness treatments, can you tell me based off of maybe the change of times, change in technology, change in behaviors of people that you've served, how has your community outreach evolved over the years? I'm happy to talk about that. It's mm -hmm. because I've been in here for so long and like a veteran in the fitness industry. In other words, Lawrence, you're so old. Let me rephrase. You if I could be so bold. You're so old. <laughs> what, what did it used to be when men wore tights and were barefoot and then we did shoes and now we're back to barefoot? Have we come full spiral or, or, or how have we evolved over the years? Sure. I'll speak to that. With Your words, first, not mine. <laughs> ah, here we go. With the first com comment about a, a tale, we tend to convey to our children growing up in the West. And that is if they're snacking before a main meal, let's call it dinner. I know parents a lot of times will say, don't spoil your dinner, right? Because you need to wait for your main course for dinner time. If you're having something at three or four and you sit down to the American meal at six or seven, for example, oh, you don't want to do that child because you'll spoil your dinner. Well, you know what? That's more now important metaphorically on any level. Why? Based on where we've come from. I'm very cognizant of your question, and I'm going to start with this first story that we tell our children and then go backwards. When we tell our child, don't spoil your dinner because you're snacking on pretzels, those pretzels have nothing to do with spoiling what someone is creating in the kitchen out of love. You're not spoiling a turkey or spoiling a rice and beans or spoiling a tofu bake or scramble. You're not spoiling any vegetable casserole. You're not. You're spoiling your appetite. And now, through what's going on in the world, we are spoiling our own appetites if we start to think about waiting for an old reality to come back because it's not. Mm -hmm. We need to embrace what's changed. Well, what's changed, Lawrence? That's your question over the years. Fitness has always been very, very physical and very contact. For example, it's not a, a brainer to say personal training has always been very personal <laughs> and group fitness has always been in an up close and personal group. Well, guess what? Newsflash. Nah, -uh, no more. So what are we doing from the years before? We used to go to conventions. People would come up to us before, during, and after our sessions. People would find out, oh, who is he? 
he's kind of cool. He's kind of weird. She's kind of neat. She fits a mold. She's different. For whatever reason, moths would go to their flames at convention. Generally in a fitness convention from the 90s and the turn of the century and as conventions build, there were about eight to 12 simultaneous sessions at conventions and people would gravitate towards the fast and furious or the terminator school of fitness and the water and the land and the mind body etc which kind of presupposes that everything else is mindless <laughs> it's like <laughs> this is where you go to do mindful stuff and then the other stuff is just mindless what's that about let's just call the barefoot room the barefoot room and everything else what it, what it is. And let's just put mindfulness into everything. I digress. That's something that's happened over the years, however. There was no yoga in conventions 25 years ago. And then it started. And then all of a sudden it became the room. And then it was a yoga Pilates room. And then it became sort of the mindful corner of yep. the convention where everywhere else is mindless. Like, what's up with that? <laughs> right, right. I remember you actually talking to us about that at one of the shows in Dallas. And you mentioned that, and I was like, right, because I carry my brain, so I think I carry my mind with my body and everything that I do. But right. anyway, we, we digress. Yes, we digress. Right. It's not really digressing. It's how we've come. And then a, a huge chain of clubs in the United States, Equinox, did a wonderful thing about 10 years ago. They decided to repurpose, rebrand all of their yoga, Pilates, Nia, Feldenkrais movement rooms from the mind-body room and they came up with a brand new term and I so applauded them. They called those rooms the conscious movement, right? Oh, I and I thought, well, that's just as ridiculous as, <laughs> just as ridiculous as mindful, right? right? Because it means everywhere else you're unconscious. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> the unconscious. How ridiculous. The unconscious if you're movement. Not, right. If you're not consciously moving and putting some mind connection into going nowhere in a dark room fast for an hour called studio cycling, hide the razor blades, right? I just give me a, give me a, a bowl of soup and I'll stick my head in there and drown myself. If I can't play with my mind, I'll be super bored. We have to have a, a mindful connection to everything. And we realize that now versus years ago. So don't spoil our dinner means you don't want to lose your appetite. Keep your appetite fresh. And how do we keep our appetite fresh now? Study our past. To all the millennials coming into fitness, you got to know where we started. Barefoot and chorus verse, chorus verse, so that you appreciate that phenomenons like Zumba or Pound are not this new creation out of the blue, but they are historically proven mm -hmm. and they have an understanding. If we don't understand our past, we're doomed to repeat it. Even if you're going to go into fitness or say you're going to go into art and you want to just work with clay, you still have to know who Picasso was. And if you're going to go into food and only do vegan food, you still have to know how to make an omelet because you have to know where the whole industry has come from. You have to understand its past. Mm -hmm. So where have we come from? We've come from physical connection, up close and personal, physical conventions, all of this traditional work, terminology that's since become outdated like aerobics and cool down and AMRAP. And then we have new terms for those things now because we've grown and we have to keep our appetite strong so that we embrace new things like Zoom and streaming and beaming and zooming and booming, including new ways to collect money, right? Because who we are defines what we do. And community has evolved over the years where people used to search me out. For example, they'd sign up for a session. They would take me and either evaluate me as horrible and oh. leave and never come back to the crazy, <laughs> said, crazy Italian said with the no big nose. Ever. <laughs> not true. Not true. I saved all of my most vicious evaluations because first of all they're part of a book and second of all they help you grow because everybody is entitled to something now i can't say that every evaluation is valid but every evaluation is instructional maybe about the toxic person that you are inside if you wrote that but everything teaches us something right so i think it's great to to to, to have evaluations and recognize your past i've evolved from people coming to me to find me or search me or or, or learn me to now people come to me and follow me instead of what are you about that I've done in the last 20 years. Now they'll say, I like who you are. So how do I follow in those steps? And now I mentor and do mastermind groups. So where I used to be teacher, I'm now connector. And that's kind of how my community outreach to answer your question has evolved over the years from teacher, look and listen to me to now connector. Let me find the best ways to connect you with your talents and your community that's a potential you don't even realize out there. Because we're all building community, as you said. So that's my goal now. 
Very good. And you know, in preparation for this time that you and I are spending together, I was thinking back to my very first introduction to you. And it was at a conference show. And then I would have to wait another year if I'm not able to travel around the world to follow you like a groupie would. Um, I would have to wait an entire year to see you again. And then later, sure, people started creating newsletters and email blasts and listening. Awesome. I can connect with Florence that way. I can know what's going on. Otherwise, the suspense would truly like just kill me waiting to see you the very next time. So I truly do appreciate the way that you sort of pivoted and uh, dove into the whole social technology world because now you feel even more accessible. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because now I can just click my keys and be like, what's Lawrence up to? Because I'm obsessed with him and everything that he does. But it has, Your kind. It has made our community way more accessible and allowed us even more opportunity to satisfy the needs and desires of the people who want our fans who want to learn from us. If I want to learn something about the quirkiness of what, what did you say? Conscious movement now? Right. <laughs> I'm going to look up those people for conscious movement. You know, <laughs> that is so funny. I love it. It's hilarious. Bless their hearts as they sell Alabama. At least they didn't call it the yoga studio anymore because inside was Pilates, Felder Christ, Nia, Gyrokinesis, and Tai Chi, right? right. However, we just have to, let's just call it the barefoot room. Right. And, and just say that everything we offer has a mindful component. To answer another way of how, is, how we've evolved over the years, sure. Kia, we've gone from physical to virtual, but the thread has been emotional. You were so kind in the things you said that you found me and then you had to wait a year. I think you were really waiting for some episode of some great Netflix stream oh, or something. It couldn't Netflix have been to connect to Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Back in the, in the covered wagon days. However, I remember teaching in my first convention. I think in the room next to me was Cleopatra and on the other side was Julius Caesar. You when are I first started, funny. It was Stop just... it. <laughs> well, I just remember my first convention. Uh, but, but the emotional thread is what connects us to build our outreach that hasn't changed over the years. Our platforms have, but emotion is what attracts people. Emotion creates motion. And that's what will attract people as we build a community, being authentic to yourself, being a little bit quirky and different, everyone has to have a USP, unique selling points. These days, you got to have a couple now because you're in a Zoom box and you have to be even more brilliant to, to stand out. And that's why I'm committed to say that despite the differences from conventions to social media to how I changed my name from Lawrence Biscontini to making all my social media forms just find Lawrence. Because who can get over the Italian's last name? And Biscotti is always the spell check on word. No one could ever find me. No one knew how to pronounce it. I didn't want people to introduce me and stumble over my last name. And I wanted to be findable. So find Lawrence became, in 1983, what I wanted to do before there was even something called a WWW or World Wide Web. I just said, I want to just use this button called Find Lawrence. And I want to have an email one day called Find Lawrence. And that was just about the time when this company called AOL would let you customize your domain thing. And so I started changing from Lawrence Biscontini at lawrencebiscontini.com nonsense to just find Lawrence. I love and applaud the people that have really logical names like, oh, I don't know, Kia Williams. You <laughs> can't people mess that still, up. Oh, oh well. they do. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. But to find Lawrence is pretty easy. And, and my tagline became in 1990, wellness without walls. How, how visionary, if I could use that word, it doesn't sound very, very, very low key humble, but I was calling myself wellness without walls because I believe that gyms weren't about just the mirror in the buildings, right? We are the software in the hardware of fitness and you take us away and who wants to run on a $10,000 treadmill forever? Nobody, right? I just think we are group fitness. We're here to stay. We're never going to go away. We're not doing different things. We're just doing things differently. Right. And let me just say, so, I love the name Biscontini, by the way. It just makes me feel you. so world-traveled to say that. But continue you as you are. say it so well. <laughs> you say it so well. Thank you. So Wellness Without Walls with Fine Lawrence was my idea that no matter what, you didn't have to have a gym. I have friends in Malaysia, Noel Chalaya, who started his first gym virtually just in a public park called Daily Muscle. Mud or shine or sleep, whatever they did, they met outside. And I thought, you see, wellness without walls. We don't have to take bricks and mortar and kettlebells and specific pieces of equipment 
to make our lives better. Let's just move better and have joy, right? Mm -hmm. And my mom used to say, you got to always learn how to go with the flow. You can't impose your will on the, the destiny that your industry will have, which is fitness or teaching or bricklaying, whatever it will be. And I've now since changed Kia, mom's original words, go with the flow to grow with the flow. Because mm -hmm. if I'm just going with the flow, I'm sort of following the lemming. Mm -hmm. But if I grow with the flow, I'm every day asking myself, how today, before I put my feet on the floor, when I get out of bed in the morning, will I become a better version of myself? And that's growth. Yes, it is. How can I grow with the flow today? Beautiful. I love your words. I do. I just hang on to every one of them. But as an as oh, an thanks. aside, if we can learn to pronounce Michael Michelangelo, if we're saying that right, everyone can learn to say Kia Williams and Lawrence Vicentini, right. okay? <laughs> oh, yes. Next yes. Question. Next question. What is your favorite or most successful way or maybe even platform to connect with your worldwide community? online via social media or social outlets and other technologies okay i'm hearing two questions yeah. the first i heard <laughs> your favorite way to connect with students and clients mm -hmm. and then it could be online or the most successful platform so let me tell you two things okay. my favorite in the whole world my favorite is morning or sunset because that's where our biorhythms are the most active for most people in morning or sunset connecting in person over a favorite drink it could be Green tea, caffeinated, decaffeinated, alcohols, spritzers, anything. Your favorite drink, my favorite drink, in a small group, face-to-face, -face, maybe physically distanced, morning or sunset, and just talk and commune in person with aura and energy and body language and vibration. So that's my current and all-time favorite, favorite way, way to like connect mm -hmm. with my students. But you, part of your question I heard was your successful way now, now or via platform. platform. Yeah. Yes. Well, I have to say it's Zoom. Okay. I am only using Zoom. I lost a huge contract with a huge chain of hotels last year because they wanted me to create some programming for their instructors across various countries. It was a great offer because they only wanted me to use something that I couldn't even get into. And that was called Zoom. The first time I downloaded it, the first time I tried an application, I thought, why would I be losing and leaving Skype for this? Oh my gosh, I've all but deleted Skype. I should have bought stock in Zoom. And I'm also the first one to say I eat my words when I said, I'll never have a phone by a fruit called an apple because I have a blackberry <laughs> and that's just a good enough fruit for me. I'm also the one who said, yeah, I've also said I'll never go to Facebook and post my life. I'm too busy living it. And now social media brings money to my charity, brings people into my mastermind group, helps people spread joy and connection across physical distancing. So I'm first to say I eat my words. Now, what is Zoom but live? And I would never even do a Facebook Live when they started out with Facebook Lives, I waited three and a half years before I did a sunrise in my pajamas and it wasn't even showing me. I just thought, let me do this of the sunrise with time release, whatever, time lapse uh, photography. And it was great. And everyone was so supportive. I thought, okay, the next time I'll show my hand. And the next time I'll show Biscuit. <laughs> and then now look at my life. Give them a I did little the seven leg. Hour shows. Why don't you give them a little right? leg? <laughs> well, to show us to seven hour shows during COVID of Fitness Works. It's just crazy, right? So my favorite platform now is Zoom. And I'm using Zoom for monetizing my friends and followers, if you will, beyond fitness in a gym. Now I have people who never want to break a sweat or do anything quote unquote movement related because I'm, uh, I'm doing groups of bedtime stories on different time zones. I'm doing cooking Zooms. I'm doing wine and wine where we get together, drink wine and W-H-I-N-E, wine about our high and low points of our week. And I'm doing hashtag spiritual burpees Zoom where we get together and we tell uh, someone will tell me what her what, what she's learned in her mosque. And then some, this guy will tell me what his rabbi was talking about. And then this will say what Father Mike's homily was this Sunday in the Christian church. And then someone else will say, well, yeah, but my Buddhist guru was talking about this. And we all just to get together at weekly and do spiritual burpees, just non-denominational, multi-faith, 
getting together. Then I do with uh, mastermind students, Zoom at noon uh, on Eastern Standard Time, 12 o'clock, but people from all over the world. That's just our point of reference of what time. Then I do Wednesdays at one, different masterminders and different groups. Uh, Zoom is revenue. It is success. It is thriving. It is joy. And to come back to your word, it is community or trimunity. Mm-hmm. My life is a Zoom box. I love that so much. And you know what you talked about with the whole time lapse feature that we have on our phones. I don't think I had that on my BlackBerry device, unfortunately. So I did make (laughs) make the switch to to an iPhone. But my very close community, I think the closest to me is my family, whatever family looks like to me and how I define that. But there are members in my community of family who aren't able to do the things that I am able to do. And we can dive into what ability and accessibility means. But right now I'm talking about mainly my grandparents and my mother who's not, who had not been able to travel the way that my career took me to travel, but because I wanted to share those experiences with my community. And within that community, only my grandmother will sit and watch a 60 minute video of me walking through Toledo, Spain or something like that. Everyone else is like, that's cool. Don't have time for it. So I found time lapse where I can show like, this is where I am. This is what I'm doing. And that's bringing your community with you wherever you are. Lawrence, I I've learned to eat my words um, a way that you just said of, because I have been sort of resistant to change. But instead of me saying no, I say, well, not yet. I'm not in the place for it yet. But I might come around right. to it, you know. Um, so with with traveling, I thought, oh, I'm not gonna um, what what is it? Snapshot or Instagram everything that I'm doing because I'm living in the moment. But because I wanted to share that right. moment with my close community, my grandma who wants to see Spain too but can't travel right now, um, being able to have a time lapse video to share back with her. So that's me leaning into technology and using it not as to take over my world or to impede on my own experiences, but to share it. So that's exactly what your words rang true to me and what you just said about, you know, allowing this, utilizing this to make our community stronger and to just um, engage even more. So Lawrence, with that, what we call tips and tricks. Yeah, you always teach me valuable lessons. What tips, tricks, or hacks do you have to share with us about creating inclusive, accessible, engaging, and responsive communities. And we can take that bit by bit, starting with maybe inclusive and then going on with accessible. Sure. That is such a loaded question. Mm -hmm. It would be a loaded question in 2019. Mm -hmm. In everything that's happened in American political climate Mm -hmm. in 2020, to see 2020, the short answer is a trusted team. A trusted team, and I will elaborate. I am white boy stupid, and I think that you can only build growth, as I say, grow with the flow, if you keep people in your close circle, paid or compensated or not, who are smarter, bigger, dreamer, and more inclusive and diverse than you. Because if I only look through my own lens, I'm going to see everything with my prescription. Or another way to say that is food inside its own container can't read its own label Mm -hmm. and know what's on its ingredients, right? You have to have other people with you. So while I don't love the word tip or tricks or hacks, because it could be a little bit deceiving, what kind of suggestions do I use to help my communities? Are all those things you said, inclusive, accessible, accessible, engaging, and and, uh, I think you said responsible or responsive. Um, To be inclusive, I came up with my core values at the turn of the century. And then I revised them. And this year I revised them again. And I put them out on Instagram and I put them on social media at a time when airlines like Delta and hotels like Marriott were putting out their core values. And my core values of my vision, as well as my intimate team, spell ideas, I-D-E-A-S. We are inclusive, diverse, ethical, accepting, and sincere. I don't have a way to ensure, with your question, that all of my approaches are inclusive, accessible, engaging, or responsive. But before I put something out there, not an Instagram post of my dinner, but some, and I don't just do that, of course, unless it's compelling, like it comes right from my cookbook that supports my charity that feeds the homeless and hungry in the U.S. If I'm I'm doing something 
that is going to be out there across borders, across countries, across nations, like a call for people to join my mastermind group at every entry level that's, that's no charge, for example. I want to make sure the images and the songs or the background music and the nomenclature and my terms are all as inclusive as they could be. I know that I will always fail. However, the more people I invite with different eyes to look at my project, that's my, I guess, tip or trick or mm -hmm. hack to make sure that I can be more inclusive and accessible because if I just keep to myself, I'm going to keep to myself. Right. I aim for balance in all things. So to do that, I create a team of various glasses to see with different prescriptions, right? Different eyes with cultures and demographics and interpretations and genders. Mm -hmm. And I know that balance starts in our heart and in our intention. My intention is to be inclusive, diverse, ethical, accepting, and sincere. But on a given day, if you came into a mastermind group or a Zoom or a bedtime story or one of my cooking things or wine and wine or spiritual burpees and counted skin color or genders or countries or demographics, there would be times when I thought that was pretty evenly distributed. And there'll be times when everything is just white girls from Alabama. <laughs> what can I say? My intention is to make sure that I am inclusive when I make invitation, mm -hmm. just like fitness in the industry now. I want to make sure that everyone feels that he or she has a fair chance to apply to present at a convention on the conventions that I program for, right? Whereas for so long, some populations thought, well, why even apply? Because it's just pigeonholed. Like if you're Black and African descent, you could teach cardio and maybe be chosen in a country if you're referred to by a need it, by a currently established presenter, for example. Mm. And that goes into diversity in our industry. To me, I want to make sure that all people feel welcome in my mastermind groups, all people feel potentially supported, and that have room to grow for the people that say, I want to mentor with you, Lawrence, because I want to be a presenter or an author or a blogger mm -hmm. or make money while I'm sleeping. I can't make those people accept, right? right? You and I know we've made many more invitations to people to do things than actually accept on projects. Mm -hmm. You can't make people accept. I just make sure that when I'm putting out invitations, I am inclusive and ethical and diverse because my goal is to have balance. But if you're going to look at demographics or orientations or cultures or genders or any kind of ethnicity in any specific group, there's always going to be an imbalance. My intention is balance but we can't just filter people out based on any of those individual factors that I've just mentioned. I just know that our intention is the most important thing, not their interpretation, mm -hmm. but as long as we can go to bed with our intention. Right. Absolutely. Then we create vibration outwards. Yeah. And I wish people would give us more credit uh, for that and understanding that, but you know, sometimes just the response to things and how our intent lands on certain ears is, is challenging with understanding the complexity of building community, the complexity of interacting with people who come with difference in opinions, difference in Im images. Right. I mean, that is right. diversity. So like you said, and that is valuable, that's a valuable uh, tip. We go into it with good and pure intentions and be able to go to bed with those. You know, you, I, I am up against, I receive, you know, not so nice mail sometimes, emails and, and feedback. And, you know, thank you. I want everyone to feel like it's a brave space where they can express their opinions. Um, but as long as mm -hmm. that I'm able to go to bed knowing what, what the purity in my heart and my intention was, of course, I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn from my mistakes and adapt. And I, I'm nobody's fool, so I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. But right. but being able to go to bed with my intent and the purity of, of the intentions. Thank you for that. So that's a huge tip that I hope I hope we all heard because I certainly just heard it. But are there any other things oh, that you. you would like to to wisdom of yours, trial and error that you've had that you you can share with us that maybe we can start doing today? Lots of us are in the habit of doing our research, asking the questions, even the uncomfortable questions, because we want to do better. And because in my opinion, yes, yes, yes. That's, you've shown those are so low. Yeah, in my opinion, right. you've shown how to do better. Can you can you just share from your perspective things about me? Yes, ask for forgiveness a lot. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I've learned a long time ago in my personal life with, with best friends that asking for forgiveness and apologizing sometimes, Kia, is more of an act of love to get to a better place than at the end of the day really admitting guilt. Yeah. Uh, some people are just born with this idea that I will never apologize for what? It's three words. I now apologize or I am sorry. And, and then you move to a better place. And I am only advocating sincere apologies because you want to get out of love to a better place. So learn that you have to apologize. I used to talk about having a white list and a black list in the industry. Well, I've certainly revised that terminology (laughs) this year, right? Right. And I apologize for having that. And I've revised that in, in, in a blog that I did. And I'm always saying if I'm at a place where I can't know, then I'm in a place where I can't grow Mm. and I want to grow with the flow. So I've learned to apologize. And it takes a really nice manipulation of words Mm -hmm. to make an apology. It's just going to be short and simple and generally change vibration and energy. As soon as you even have someone screaming at you over a desk and just, wow, I care. I hear Mm -hmm. you. I'm so sorry that this is going on. We could have COVID. So you know what? Let's just get to a better place here because we don't have COVID. So let's count our blessings. I want to apologize in a way that you can know that I'm sincere. And how can we get to a better place, even if it's to agree to disagree? What happened to that in our country? I'm not really sure. But even if we agree to disagree, uh, another thing is celebrate your pearl when you are learning how to be responsive. Meaning, if you have everything perfect inside your very gentle or very hard shell, as some oysters are soft and some are hard, and you get a grain of irritating sand inside, you can say, oh, this is irritating me, this is irritating me. Well, you either get rid of it, like a bad relationship, or you learn that a pearl comes from what you learn from and secrete to cope as coping mechanisms from that irritating piece of sand. And some sands are not going to go away. Some sands we can learn that they're, they're objects away from which we can walk. We have to decide what is this grain of irritating sand mm-hmm. and how do I turn it into a pearl? You embrace those things that just aren't going away. And then you turn them into your joys or at least what you can celebrate. So that's in being engaging and responsive. And then also I, I, I tell everyone, if you ever reach out to me and more than 24 hours go by, and you haven't gotten a response, even though I check my spam, something is amok. Mm-hmm. It looks like you didn't find Lawrence because I answer everyone in 24 hours or less. That's my responsive promise. And that's, that's way more time it ever takes for people to get answers from me. But sometimes I am engaged in international travel pre-quarantine and retreat. And sometimes with jet lag, you do need to wait before you answer something until you've actually had a little sleep. Mm-hmm. So I always say that 24 hours or less to get an answer for me, that's how I, we can be more responsive to our community. And I invite everybody to come up with some kind of a, a guideline like that. Instead of just flag this and put it in my inbox, oh, I need to answer this. Oh, I need to respond. Oh, I don't really want to. I, that's just procrastination. Mm-hmm. You just do it or, or, or you don't. And you have to be responsive to your community because if you can't keep your current people 110% surprised and happy and, and satiated, how do you deserve new ones? And everyone's like, oh, I want more people in my Zoom room. I want more money. I want more clients. I want more followers. Well, how hungry <laughs> and how content are your, are your current community members, right? right? Do you surprise them? Do you celebrate them with love? Do you give them gratitude messages? Do you do inclusive things? Do you give them shout outs? What about testimonials to them? Why are they always supporting you? What do you turn around and learn about them so that you could support them? So all of those things can become your pearls. And, and as you become more accessible, you build a team. So they help you say, well, where are the Asians here? Where are the, depending on where you live, of course. I mean, if you're just in a country where it's all one ethnicity, like if you're living in Malaysia, and I work a lot with people in Malaysia, you're not really talking about Black Lives Matter in your powwow groups these days. You're just not. It's not a community that lives there. But in many countries like Australia and UK and US and Canada, Black Lives Matter and all people of African descent need to be listened to and we need to be more inclusive. And I'm constantly asking myself, you know this, I've come to you privately on WhatsApp. Look at this uh, core value statement, Kia. What do you think about this statement I did? I put myself out there on Fitness Works, Like you said, how do you just ask a question and not know the answer? You just ask a question and apologize maybe before you even ask it. I'm not sure how to ask this. 
But as white boy stupid in our industry for a long time, what can I do more to make sure that more black people or people of African descent feel like they have a site or a spot or recognition if they apply to present at conventions in America? I don't think that was the worst way I could have worded that. And then I put myself live on Facebook. You were a guest and we did Fitness Works, a seven hour show about racism and fitness. I didn't know where it was go. It went very well, I thought. And I just said a little prayer. I said, my intention is conversation. Mm -hmm. And we went there. So that's how we become more inclusive in our community, just having people address those topics. And not just people of color or people of African descent, but people I invited to that show who said yes, who programmed those conventions. Because I thought, okay, you can step up and talk about becoming more inclusive as well because the world is watching you. And most of them, not all, said yes. Mm -hmm. And that was wonderful. I mean, it, it seems simple to me, but that's maybe an unfair uh, choice of words of just allowing people to, not even allowing, because it should be inherent that we all have the right to speak and we should be seen. But that is a good thing Correct. that we put into practice. Allow people in your community to be heard and seen because that creates even more community loyalty in which we all take care of each other. And it feels Correct. like true inclusion and community where we all feel brave within that space maybe even a bit of safety right. within that space and it's a beautiful thing if you just let it happen organically the way that it should you know where we all are are able to exist within our own skin within our own stance you know within our own beliefs and and let that be diverse and beautiful yeah I dig it. I agree. The oyster and the sand yeah. metaphor or analogy, rather, you know what? I'm going to ponder and sit with that for quite some time because you're exactly right. There have been times, and I'm making it this about me, that I've tried to shake the, the sand out of my shoe uh, in a way, um, as opposed mm -hmm. to, you know, there may be something else here. You know, take time. Right. Take time to get to know the purpose, the reason, or the opportunity of what beautiful thing is to grow if we allow each other that space and grace to to be who we are and to learn from each other. Thank you for sharing that right. with me. Thank you for that. And there are exceptions to everything of like a verbally or, or physically abusive relationship. Oh, yeah. You can't stay in oh, there no. and say, well, this is going to be my pearl one Baby, day. Once shake you that get thing. yourself to safety. <laughs> Right. But once you get yourself to safety, mm -hmm. you're going to realize that there are lessons that have made you stronger. And that strength comes from the enzymes that you have learned to secrete, mm -hmm. metaphorically speaking, of your pearl. Mm -hmm. Right. Our, our hearts are very, very strong, but they still have the places that Tender. the lights get in. Yeah. And those are called the cracks. The reason that our heart keeps cracks is that that's where the light gets in. And that's OK, because if not, we wouldn't tear up at a movie or a commercial or inspirational music behind someone's message on a, on a PSA, because those are the things that say we're connecting on our spiritual human level here, because that's where the light gets into my heart, because the hardness is just cement. Oh, Lord. Oh, I could just, just take you in all day, but we don't have all day because you got things to do and maybe I do too. But Lord, tell me, tell, tell our list, listeners, you mentioned your mentoring group. What types of programs yeah. and groups, group engagement opportunities are you currently offering that we can be a part of? Oh, my gosh. Uh, all at once. <laughs> mm, everything is virtual. I'm not doing anything in person, like in parking lots or pull up in the radio station and meet in the meet in the hall and separate with all this. Everything is virtual that I'm doing. I'm doing lots of brain boot camp work. I'm doing neurogenesis with the latest research on how do we retain and make more brain cells now that we know just in the last few years that we can kill off brain cells, mm -hmm. but we can also make more. And that's pretty cool. Um, I call it no brain, no game. Remember, <laughs> talk about how we used to evolve. From right. No well, brain, no, now brain that we, no brain. Right, right. Yeah. And where people use, and then I have a, I have a program that I, people buy into on Zoom. It's AMGRAP, A-M-G-R-A-P, because AMRAP, as many reps as possible. You want to talk about mindless? Sure. Tell people, go fast and furious as many times as you can. And, and form doesn't matter, really. But AMGRAP, as many good reps as possible, makes form over the time mm -hmm. more important. Makes sense? So I have that that I'm, that I'm doing. Also off online, I'm doing positive groups of happiness where we reinforce each other, right? Because I can't keep you in my orbit if you're negative 
or political. Mm. So we have building groups of joy and we get together and we have check-ins on a couple different levels. We sort of have a system and a format and different tiers of ma- uh, masterminding where we'll have a segment, sort of like a TV show or a news. Here's the weather. Now here's local. Now here's international. And here's, we'll check in with each other. We always have a book report. We always have what somebody's doing, unique ways, how, how we've made money during our sleep. Because I, one of my huge interests is helping other people discover what I discovered years ago, which is decreasing sweat equity. If you wake up and you have an email or a text that you have made $3 US dollars while you are sleeping, that is such a joyous, vibrational what do you call them on your on your arms i can tell you in spanish escalofríos oi peladoca in italian uh, goosebumps you have so many goosebumps when you've made your first quantity i don't care if it's cents uh, c e n t s when you've been sleeping when you decrease your sweat equity and you wake up and you have put out something that people have taken advantage of on probably on the other side of the world if you were sleeping that is so much motivation to me to put out more goods and services. So that's on my site as well, Fine Lawrence. I'm doing online fitness works. Those are just seven hour shows giving inspiration of unique ways to decrease sweat equity. You've been a guest. We go around the world twice on Sundays. I'm not doing it right now in the month that we're recording this, but I sat down in my afternoon and started in India. And then we went through East Asia and then we went through Europe and then we went to the UK and then we crossed the Atlantic and then we went to Canada and then we went to the West Coast and we went to Mexico and Hawaii and then Australia for the next day and back to Asia where we would be in the Philippines and Singapore. We did eight shows of seven hours, talk about live. That was a service to the community. No advertising, no sponsors. Just sit there and ask every guest to be on for 15 minutes of how you are making money and what you're doing, how you are doing things differently. Because it's still a squat, a march, and a chest stretch, right? Uh, And we're just... We're just doing things with a new vision. So I'm doing those things. I'm still giving quantity and quality to my YouTube channel, right? I just think that we have to realize that just because we can't do something, go out and teach in a gym the way we used to, just because we can't do something doesn't mean we can't do anything. And some people just get paralyzed with that. I'm waiting for the life that I used to have. Well, you know what? You're going to be waiting a long time. Let me know how that works for you. (laughs) Right on, my man. Right, all the things. What else is it? More to your list? All the things. How do you? You just make it happen, Lawrence. Fitness works. Yes, for you. <laughs> yeah, fitness works. My YouTube channel has on Tuesdays. I post something that's a minute or less called called Tuesdays Tips. Mm-hmm. One minute Instagram, and then it lives on my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel has many, many playlists. Tuesdays Tips. I do Fine Lawrence Fridays when I'm traveling. Where am I? keys about the place and winners get copies to my books and my audiobooks. Sunday is minute meditation, one minute of church, if you will, or synagogue or temple or mosque. It's, it's just brain training in, in 60 seconds or less. And then I also post longer 20 minute versions of lessons learned. I guess they're kind of like Catholic priest sermons. Someone said that to me recently. That's just a lesson I've learned in my last 55 plus, plus, plus years on the planet, not just in fitness, but in general, right? So all of that content lives on my YouTube channel. People buy into stuff in my Zoom stuff. People get into my mentoring on the no charge entry level. I have a private, exclusive, secret Facebook group that costs nothing. And people just join that. And then if they are happy, they stay. If they're not, they leave. And if they want more, they inquire about different mentoring tiers that I offer where the more you invest, the more you invest in yourself, really, because of of what people want to do. All the articles I've ever written for any publication are on my site, findlawrence.com, for free. I don't charge for education. That is out there. If people want to say, how do I take that and make it work for me? then of course, as a consultant, I can do those kind of things. Many times people say, how can I just start to build more connections and Lawrence? Because I don't have all that that you do. I don't have the YouTube channel. I don't have the articles and the blogs and everything to post up on a, on a site. You know, you don't have to. The three things I say are post. Build a community by posting, sweetheart. How? Instagram or Facebook or TikTok? My answer, yes. I don't care. It'll speak to you. Try it. 
just do it. Nothing's going to be perfect. The lighting's not going to be perfect. Your words are not going to be perfect, but you just start. You throw caution and abandon to the wind and you build a community, not secretly in your house. You social connection happens when you become social and that's on social media. So make three kinds of posts, motivational, educational, and inspirational. Done. That's what you got to do. Make lists. What do I think is motivational? What do I think is inspirational? And what do I think is educational, educational, motivational, inspirational, and not what you've learned from Kia Williams. Because if I want to know what you've learned from Kia Williams, you know what? I'm going to go right to that Mm -hmm. source. I'm going to go to Kia Williams. I want to know what you think when you're talking to me on any of the social media platforms. That's how we start to be more social. Tell me about you. Be honest, be candid, be brief, and be gone. Look at that. Be honest, be candid, be brief, and be gone. Did I get that right? I call it the SPF approach. <laughs> SPF approach, short, professional, and fierce. Oh, yes. SPF approach. Lawrence, with all the things, I'm sure at least 15 of those things caught someone's interest. How do we remain connected with you? Lawrence Biscontini, fine, Lawrence. How do we do that? Oh, you're so sweet to ask. I think, as I said at the very beginning of this whole interview series, I'm honored that you want to talk to me for longer than three minutes. And I'm honored that you actually remember meeting me years and years ago at at physical conventions when that's what actually brought us together. I'm honored that you said you're a fan and now we're colleagues and I look up to you and I bring you onto my online conventions, which we call Stayventions, by the way, which we began pre-pandemic in December of 2019, just saying <laughs> we did it before, before it became a necessity. We, I thought, you know what? How about Stayvention? We use private Facebook Live. We didn't You have to use Zoom because I didn't even know what Zoom was then. Or I lost that contract because I wouldn't use Zoom. I said, oh, no, no, I just can't use that format. If you won't do Skype with me, <gasps> I lost so oh, much really? that hotel chain. Um, it's okay. Yeah, the Lord closes the door and a window's opened or you get a hurricane that just demolishes oh, your house and you have to rebuild. Um, but I will say this. As I said at the beginning of our talk together, this is the big deal to me. So if anybody goes to findlawrence.com slash the big deal, you will get immediately entry level to my private Facebook secret mastermind group. You will get chapters from my book on stories of color, which has nothing to do with fitness, but inspirational stories of the human condition search for happiness. You will get chapters from my wellness and fitness communication book for personal traders and group X called Cream Rises, uses an industry textbook in many English-speaking countries today, and a couple other surprises like a song I recorded just for you for listening to this, The Big Deal. That is finelawrence.com forward slash The Big Deal, and you will get all of these thank you gifts for me to you from my gratitude of Kia and you asking me to be on your show. All the gifts. Thank you so much, Lawrence. You always just bless us with something, give us something to take away from that. Thank you. You did not have to, but I If people don't want to go there, oh my, I'm Italian. I can't feed you virtually (laughs) right now. We have to do physical distancing. So, and then you even wonder how many times did I wash my hands before I made that lasagna. I will tell you this though. Fine Lawrence is everything. It's no exceptions. Like people have names and then they have Twitter handles and then their Instagram has and then underscore that it's a find Lawrence on any single thing Mm -hmm. that's a platform. I haven't done TikTok, but Twitter, Instagram, Facebook is find Lawrence. No spaces, obviously. And my dog is Biscuit with a K. He is on Instagram, find Biscuit. And the only reason I say that find Biscuit has an Instagram account is he has more friends and followers on Instagram than (laughs) I do. There's just something wrong with that. That's just wrong because the secret is, and I'll just tell you because no one else is listening, Kia, I'm really Biscuit's voice. I post his pictures, you know, I Photoshop his little tail, but nobody really seems to care about that. The voice behind Biscuit is really, I just think, God, because it's not a coincidence that God and dog are the same word, just forward and back. Nothing is more unconditional than a dog's love. And through all this whole pandemic, and I ended up being sequestered and in retreat for seven months in the middle of the Caribbean alone, Biscuit and I bonded more than I thought was even possible then. So he's fine, Biscuit. I thank the millennials. You have a lot of millennials on your show that listen. And I really thank them because 
they're the people who are the up and coming strength of our future, right? And they know about Instagram and they know about TikTok. And the wonderful thing about millennials is a few of the smart ones realize that I can remember what it's like to be their age and consequently, consequently relate to them, right? But they have no idea what it's like to be mine. <laughs> so I can tell them where the bones are buried in our industry so they don't have to negotiate the industry. That's why it's so great to have a mentor, right? right? They could tell you, based on where you want to go, how to save your time, energy, effort, and yes, money. That's called wisdom. That's called wisdom. And Lawrence has it. So everyone listen, find Lawrence, all right? Or maybe find Biscuit too, and Biscuit can get you, yeah. Biscuit with a, with a K can get you connected <laughs> to Lawrence, all right? Lawrence. You're so kind. Sir Lawrence Discontini, thank you so much for all of your time and wisdom and all that you've done for the industry and for, for little women like me, who, who tracks you down from conference to conference, state to state. And now we have access to you on so many social technology channels. And just thank you for serving. You don't have to, where we are right now online, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us on Fit and Fierce on the mic. And we appreciate you so much. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Remember everyone watching, everyone listening, everyone with an open heart, as well as an open mind, that everyone needs to help everyone to some degree. That's how we build community because we help each other shine because sundials have no purpose in the shade. So let's bring each other to the light because we are the light. We travel light and we become the light. And with that, we thank you. Wow, that was amazing. Thank you, Lawrence, for joining us and sharing your knowledge and uplifting spirit. You are truly a bright light in our industry and the world. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you taking time out of your extremely busy schedule to chat with us on Fit and Fierce on the Mic. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, subscribe, and share it. It helps other fitness professionals find the show. And be sure to follow us on social media at Fit and Fierce on the Mic so you don't miss a beat. We look forward to connecting with you soon. Thanks so much. Hi, Fit and Fierce on the Mic. This is Lauren here with five quick and dirty tips for learning choreography when you are tackling a new format. So number one, map out your choreography ahead of time. For all you visual learners out there like me, take the time to write out your choreography so you can see your class plan before you start practicing. Number two, when you do start practicing, just practice the choreography or the movements with the music first. So don't worry about cueing quite yet. Just feel the movements within your body. Feel the movements with the music that you are going to be teaching to and practice the flow of the exercises. Once you feel comfortable moving with the music and doing your choreography to the music, changing exercises with the music, then number three is to practice giving anticipatory cues. So when I say anticipatory cues, I mean cueing what is coming next. So let's say we're teaching a bar class and we're doing plies. When we cue what's coming next, maybe heel lifts, we would say alternate heel lifts. One of the things that really affects how the flow of your class feels is whether your students feel like they can easily follow your cues. So when you're practicing just giving anticipatory cues, you want to cue far enough ahead in the music so that your students can hear your cue, process it within their brain, and then send it out to the rest of their bodies. So when we're teaching to music, we suggest cueing on the final five in the last eight count. So it would sound like this, four, two, three, four, cue the next move. 
So tip number three is to just practice cueing the next move. So you've already started moving with the music. Now you're going to start to layer in those anticipatory cues. Number four, then after you feel really comfortable cueing what exercise comes next, then you're going to start to layer in the form and the technique and the motivational cues in between cueing the exercises. So this is where your class and your cueing really starts to come together. But you have to be able to cue what exercise comes next and have great flow before you can layer in the form and technique and motivational cues. And then tip number five is to focus on just one part of the class at a time. For example, if you teach bar one song per segment, or let's say you teach a strength class one song per segment. Just focus on memorizing one song at a time. So say the warm-up or your squat track versus trying to run through an entire class's worth of choreography all at one time. If you just practice your warm-up until you feel comfortable with it and then move on to your squat track, you're going to feel a lot more successful. So those are my five quick and dirty tips for practicing new choreography. I hope it was helpful.